generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Once a time, I used to look into my father's eyes. In a happy home, I was a king, I had a golden throne. Those days are gone. Now the memories on the wall I hear the songs From the places where I was born Upon a hill across Danny Burke <laughs> Oh, hey mate, Mikey is hey. back in the studio with Yo, Swedish House Mafia Because we're going to be talking about houses But mate, I actually came up with a new nickname for you. Oh yeah? I thought we could I've, start calling you. I've got you. a few. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I thought we could start calling you the Mortgage Messiah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, little alliteration there, the double M. Yeah, I quite like that. One yeah. of the Keep the Change listeners labelled me Mortgage Jesus. That's right. Yeah. Well, and I took that straight to the office the next day, eh? <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> what do they think of that? Has, has it caught on? It has. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I hear that it's been busy in your office, mate, and I think it's been a while since we've actually spoken about who's borrowing and who's taken on debt? What are people thinking about? And mm. then also there's been some changes to the LVR, which most people will have no clue what that means. So I thought we could start to dig through that and figure out how much impact does that actually have? And who better to ask than the mortgage messiah, yeah. Mikey himself <laughs> from Guardian I'm Smith. I'm here for it, mate. So um, firstly, what's been happening at Guardian Smith? <clears throat> Sounds well, like you've been busy. We have been. I've got like two types of busy now for me which is helping get the new brokers onboarded and teaching them the ways of the Messiah. So that <laughs> the scripture, teaching so them they, the scripture. So they also understand it's not just about financial advice, but also providing value. Beautiful. And then uh, the other part is sort of me, obviously, being a mortgage broker and making sure that we're continuing to change Kiwis' lives for the better. So you've got volume coming through in terms of people who want advice around a mortgage and then you're helping the team scale mm. up and learn more so that they can provide that level of support as well yeah 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 it's pretty fun yeah it's, it's a lot a lot of moving parts though like business wise but fuck it's exciting eh? i love it <laughs> yeah <laughs> how are the seven days uh seven days a week going good yeah yeah yeah, well, I've have booked a ten day trip to the Gold Coast for the end of the year though. Have you? Yeah, and, oh. gonna, and it's a like last time I did Gold Coast was four days because I want it as a holiday. This time it's ten days, but I'm going to work. Okay, so I'm going to try that. You know. Yeah, yeah, working remotely. Fle- flexi ticket, so I can come back if I need to get back to the office. <laughs> nice, good man. Yeah. When do you go? Which month? Uh, quite quite late in the end of the year. There's a V8 supercar race on at the October, I think, end of October. So October. 
Mm. I was just reading that apparently Air New Zealand's profits uh, have been uh, basically they've announced that they expect them to be higher than they thought. Oh, that's good for all the government people that have shares. (laughs) (laughs) And the councillors. Yeah. (laughs) And that would be because we're paying a shit ton for travel, (laughs) I'd imagine. Um, And fuel, jet fuel's become less expensive, but I assume they've kept the prices of tickets relatively... Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I'd have a charge the shit out of that if I was in New Zealand. Sounds like that's exactly what they're doing. So I think the shareholders would be uh, very happy, and probably the taxpayer too, because I think we bailed them out during Mm. COVID as well. Mm. But anyway, who's borrowing at the moment, mate? So what do you eat? You don't really do too much in the investor space, right? Nah, but man, that's been picking up, eh? The inquiry about that. Really? Yeah. And Or what do you mean? So someone wanting to use the equity in their one property to get a second one? Yeah, I've actually done some approvals for investors recently. Okay. Yeah, which is not normally like me. I really enjoy owner-occupiers and helping people do that really well. Yeah. Um, but the noise from investors has definitely been growing and you know uh, even I, with, I will help even with the interest rate deductibility thing are they are they preempting that national are going to win the election and I, repeal I, that i think there's the sense out there that there's a change of government coming there's more favorable property rules coming there's these lvr rules changes that have happened which we'll talk about and i think there's like a sense of this bottom of the market stuff that's going around in the media and all that shit. We'll talk about that on another pod coming up. But yeah, I think that's the the thing. And the reality is, is nothing has really changed. Like mm. it, the government's still the same. The rules are still the same. New builds are exempt and investors naturally sort of turn to those properties now because of that. Um, uh, good. We should just touch on that quickly for to help people understand. So what you're saying is that a new build property, you can still deduct the interest on it. Yeah. And so then the investors are normally buying new builds anyway, probably especially up here in Auckland or maybe, say, Christchurch, wherever they're building these. So they're probably not too deterred by the uh, interest rate deductibility rules. Correct, yeah, gotcha. which has quite a big effect considering the interest rates are now seven, you know. Yeah. Um, something else just on that for people that want to buy a rental property and are thinking about the differences – that rule is in place for 20 years, as in if you buy a new build, it's the interest on the mortgage is an expense, is allowed to be deducted for 20 years from the date that it gets originally purchased or the CCC is issued. Okay. So if you sell it in 10 years, the next person actually gets the deductibility as well, which means it's more saleable to another investor in 10 years, whereas something that would already be 20 years old or doesn't meet the original requirement is not going to be deductible in terms of interest. Jeez, this is not tax advice, and I would suggest that you check with your uh, advisor. Nah, Please. just take my word for it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so does the 20 years reset? Is that what you're saying? No, it doesn't reset. It oh. just stays 20 years on that property. So, so there'd only sell, be 10 years left. Yeah, correct. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is more desirable on resale value too. Okay, so let's just touch on those investors. So they're coming to you, and I would have thought that people wouldn't be as brave at the moment because their properties would be going backwards in value, mm. going down in value, so they wouldn't have as much equity. But are they they saving some coin? They've got... Yeah, there's bits of both. I mean, yeah, if you've been in the property market for f- five years... Oh, jeez, mate. Yeah, you've fucking experienced about 1,000% gain, so it's <laughs> just easy. Yeah. Yeah, the people who have been smoked with the equity are sort of the, the COVID buyers, eh? Yeah, 2020, that, 2021. Yeah, and... Okay. Yeah, there are people who are smart and made extra payments and stuff with the boom and all that kind of thing. So, 
So it's, the, it's no, there's no records being broken here. I'm just saying I'm seeing a bit more action. Yeah, yeah. So the banks are sweet to lend to those investors as well. Yeah, it's definitely got harder. So it's the borrowing capacity compared to yesteryear of 2021 is fucking about a third of what it used to be. But for for investors, but um, you know, if the numbers stack up, people are doing it and they're inquiring so they can find out. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and you know, it might be like they want to buy for 900, and I'm like, well, it's 750. You know, that's a big difference to what you thought when you were coming in here, but you oh, can so, do it if you want. So these people will often be getting a pre-approval, effectively, of what could I go and buy if I was yeah, to buy correct. rental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, okay, so anyway, fuck investors, let's get on to us. Yeah, <laughs> the, well, the, the, the owner-occupiers have just been like first home buyers, and I feel like there's a wave, I've got no data to back this up, a wave of people selling their current house and upsizing. Going that was what their, I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, because I've written down, so is it first-home buyers that are getting in touch, or is it people upgrading? Yeah, I feel like the people I'm talking to a lot are the people upgrading, or what I call um, like A-class first-home buyers, where it's not like your first-home buyer with a 10% deposit and a seven or $800,000 home, it's like someone turning up with 500k and they want to buy for two mil or something, so I put them into like the, the upgrade pocket as well. Oh wow! So yeah. they're buying a pretty grunty, grunty place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, you need some pretty grunty incomes and some pretty uh, a, a good outlook on your future to be taking on like a one point five million dollar loan, right? Yeah. So, what like do the bank not look at something like that and go, well, actually, one of these people could lose their jobs? What do they do internally at their end? They've they've got their own risk stuff that I'm not allowed to see. Yeah. Um, but we're expected to provide like a. I guess a sort of a outlook for the next 12 months or something. Um, like during COVID, man, we, we had to actually get clients to answer like a four-piece questionnaire. And it would be like, did your employer take the wage subsidy and shit? It was quite intrusive. That's right, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And there was so, letters having to be signed and all sorts of shit yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, So, I mean, that's all sort of ended now, but that shows you that they do look at that stuff. So, yeah, it, it is there, and they, they have their own risk assessment on certain industries and stuff. Um yeah, I don't know. The owner-occupier space seems to be strong as, man. Yeah, okay. And what about what about going the other way? Where Are you seeing any hardship or any, my circumstances have changed? What do I do? Probably the most hardship I've seen in the last two years has been in the last month. In the last month? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, in so May. more, and, and not super stressful hardship like um, I haven't paid my mortgage for six months. It's just like, hey, this is really concerning me now is is there any idea of what we can do and the banks have special teams set up for scenarios if they get bad enough where it's like oh actually my basic living expenses are outweighing my <laughs> income yeah you know and they've got stuff for that and uh but it's good to reach out and there's a bit of a fine line like we aren't necessarily allowed to deal with that directly as brokers a lot of the time we actually have to give it to the to the bank's dedicated team um, but yeah, it's definitely worth reaching out if someone isn't there, but I am seeing more of it, yeah. Now, if someone was listening and they can foresee that that could become their scenario where their expenses could end up being higher than their income, should they be doing something in advance? Absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah, 100% try and get on it early. Yeah. Um, I personally haven't been through the hardships process at a bank and they've got all sorts of different answers for you, but like... You'll be able to do a budget, you'll be able to see what you can trim up, you'll be able to look at 
you know, they might say to you, look, we can extend your loan term back out from, you know, if you've got 20 years left, we can push it back to 30. They might say, oh, we can go interest only for a year. And then that job you mentioned, you might be able to get or whatever, we can go back to principal and interest. Mm. And there's all sorts of solutions. Um, so, yeah, it's worth doing it in advance. And you don't want to do it at the last minute because then it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a couple of things that I've read where people have had um, a job loss. They have had a child. Uh, they have had someone return to study, for yeah. instance, and their income has completely changed. And the story is about that they have this moment of, oh, I've then approached the bank to see what I can do. Mm. And part of me, this is, I can be a bit rough, but I read this and I think, say someone having a child, I'm like, you didn't know when the child was at three months old that this was going to be a problem or like this could be the situation. Did you not think about this at month one of the pregnancy, two, three, when you knew, okay, this is our lives completely going to change. We should probably do a budget to figure out what that's going to look like. But Yeah, some personal responsibility around forecasting your situation. I agree, but also um, every economist, central bank, like you name it, they were up on TV saying this wouldn't happen. Mm. It was transitory and, you know, it was going to cap out at 3.5, the OCR. So, yeah, you know, like, who do you listen to? I kind of, well, the buck stops with the central bank, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so it was misleading and now it's causing some hardship. So I have a bit of a foot in both camps there. I sort of like to blame there because I hate blaming, but I'll blame them. <laughs> and then, uh, but also, yeah, you need, we've been saying it for ages, right? Just like, I shared a post the other day that was on my Instagram in October 2022 being like, get ready for sevens. Prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Like, I'm getting lots of emails about it now. Yeah. So this is going to be coming up on a year ago soon. Yep. And now it's here. So we, we really need to... And I think now it's time to prepare for it not to go down as well. Yeah, for sure. I think we'll get more into that. But I guess if you are looking at an income decrease, if someone is not going to be working in your household, if you are going to be having a child, a second child, like if your life is going to change by a dramatic fucking lever, mm. get on the phone to the bank, to a mortgage advisor early. Mm. Don't wait to be in that to go, oh, wow, our expenses are now higher than our income. You don't need to have the child to realise that that's the case or for your partner to go back yeah, studying at university. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't know. I just I think it's just something about humans where we wait until the very last moment to mm. then actually go, hmm, I should probably do something about this. So if you take one lesson from this pod, if you're going to become uh, and and have a massive change in your circumstances, then prepare as early as you can. Mm. You know, as soon as you know you're going to be having a child, then start budgeting or planning. How's your life going to be different? Don't fucking wait till you uh, you know have it and go shit. This is fucking expensive. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> but, and then on the other side, though, I actually had someone message me this week and they were basically hustling me, saying, You sound really busy. You sound like you've got heaps to do. Um, could I do anything for you? And you pay me, basically. I was like, Admire your hustle. Go back and listen to the ultimate fuck inflation guide. I show you how to do it more directly. It was too general. It wasn't, he wasn't really saying what he could actually help me with. Mm. I'm like, Good that you've taken some action. Need Go a and value proposition, baby. Yeah, refine this pitch and get start with your own social media. Don't worry about, you know, going too wide. And so gave them a little bit of uh, input, but they basically came back and were like, 
yeah, I found out that I'm going to be having a child. And I was like, well, like Logan said on his pod, nothing puts a rocket up your ass yeah. for a lad like, fuck, I'm going to be a dad and I've got this date to work to. So I said, go and listen to his podcast as well and figure out what expenses you might be able to cut out. Cool. So you've obviously got uh, plenty on the plate as always, mate. And the mm. investors are borrowing, the first-time buyers are getting in touch and the mega, mega mansion people are calling up the, the mortgage messiah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and – yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, go. I was going to say, and we've had some LVR changes. Yes. So, can you tell us what LVR actually means to start with, just so we can go back to basics? Yeah. So, LVR is an acronym for loan to value ratio. So, if we take a million dollar house and it's got an $800,000 mortgage, that means 80% of the total value of the house is a loan because you took out that. So, that's an 80% LVR. Loan to value ratio. Yeah. Pretty simple. Okay. It's clear enough, eh? So, now we get into the technical stuff. Hope you're all caught up there, team. (laughs) So, on the 1st of June, the Reserve Bank changed the rules around LVRs. Now, the Reserve Bank is also the regulator of banks. And prior to the 1st of June, put into place in November 2021, I believe, which is the top of the housing market, funny enough, um... Does this mean it's the bottom? So, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, basically, the way this works is 10% of all loans that, the, that each bank writes is allowed to be over 80% LVR, which means you can have less than a 20% deposit. From the 1st of June, that's on, sorry, that's on owner-occupied properties um, and not including new builds. This is just standard residential property. We'll talk about new builds because they're exempt. Now, from the 1st of June, that changed to being 15% of all loans that the banks write, the total loan book. So if a bank has $100 million in loans across New Zealand and residential owner-occupied property, previously they are allowed to have $10 million of that as over 80% lending. Now they're allowed to have 15% of that. Okay. So it actually doubles the amount that they can have because it's a 50% increase. Oh. Interesting. Shit, that didn't make sense, did it? <laughs> Doubles 50%. <laughs> you beauty. <laughs> Close. Just a 50% increase. We'll leave the double part out. Okay. Um, so, so basically the Reserve Bank have gone to the banks and they've said, look, you can lend money to more people that don't have as big a deposit as they did on the uh, 29th, no, sorry, the 31st of May. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, so it, technically it opens up a whole lot of yeah. new uh, buyers, right? So, so 31st of May, I don't have 20% for a deposit. You can't uh, buy a house. Yeah, and I'm locked out. And then yep. one June comes around, and I'm back on the blower saying, Mikey, I heard these LVR things changed. Well, not quite. Okay. So, yeah, the Reserve Bank make the change, but do the banks. Ah. Yeah, so it's their choice then whether how they want to implement their policy, right? So... Nothing actually changed. <laughs> really? Yeah, kind of, kind of. So okay. w- what's happened is all of the banks have come out basically and said to us, you guys can go and do these now, but under this sort of set of rules they put around it. So at the moment, we still can't really get a pre-approval for someone. But what we can do is I sit down with them, sit in a meeting and say, go through everything. and This is what you could borrow if you buy without a 20% deposit. Go and make an offer on a house. It has to be conditional on finance, so you're protected by the finance clause. If it gets accepted, then the bank will look at the application. 
So it's a little bit backwards to how we uh, sort of believe it should be. Yeah. So we're getting the pre-approval after we've had the offer accepted on a house. Yeah, but playing within some loose parameters. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be like, right, you guys have got $100,000. You can be approved for 900 k Take my word for it. Yeah. Go make an offer. And then when your offer's accepted somewhere, then I'll submit the application. And within that finance clause that you put on the contract, we'll get the approval, blah, 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 valuation, everything done, and you go unconditional in a week or whatever. Yeah, I see. Mm. Okay. So basically the Reserve Bank are obviously looking at the entire landscape and they're saying, we're more comfortable now with people being able to buy a property with a lower deposit. Yep. Now, I think I read that in 2013 is when LVRs first came in. Mm. And then in 2020, they were completely removed. Yeah. So what did Kiwis do? They didn't dip their toe into the property market, did they? <laughs> they fucking, they were at the trough, <laughs> feeding time. Drowned in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had to reintroduce them in 2021. So this stuff sort of like comes and goes yeah, by yeah. the seams. Yeah. I think like the part I read the Reserve Bank say, which was like a closing statement sort of thing is, you know, the, pro- the, the property prices have come down by 20% or whatever it is, and there's financial stability around, so we'll allow it to occur again, huh. basically. Okay. Yeah. So part of what they try and achieve is, uh, I think the word is sustainable yeah. house prices <laughs> or levels. Yeah. yeah. So they're obviously getting a little bit more comfortable yeah. with where house prices are getting to. But at the same time, right, so... That still doesn't mean that more people can then just afford. So more people may be able to have uh, a deposit, right? Mm. But it still doesn't mean that they can afford the loan. No. Yeah. And that's, I think, the missing piece that a lot of people won't understand. Because you still got to then go to the bank and say, hey, I've got this amount of deposit. It's still the same amount as I had in February. Uh, The house price is now this. House price might even come back a little bit, maybe. Uh, But my income's still the same. Inflation still sucks. And... Also, interest rates have gone higher, mm-hmm. so the cost of this loan, can I actually service it? And if you can't service it, I'd imagine the bank would say, sorry, yeah, Luke. Well, while all of this stuff has been happening, we also had a, another OCR increase, and a lot of the interest rates, which we call test rates in the bank calculators, were increased around that time as well. So they're, at, well, as long as I can remember, they're at all-time highs. And what, what is that test rate roughly at the moment? Between eight and a half and nine percent, depending on the bank. Um, so yeah, like even if you can go and get, like at the moment, you can get an interest rate in the high fives. Um, but when we put it into the calculator of the bank, you we need to show that you can pay nine. Gotcha. It's quite different to what the real life interest rate is that you'll be taking out. Yeah, and if you're new to listening to these podcasts, the test rate is basically the bank de-risking their sale of the mortgage right by saying can Luke borrow this money and could he afford a 9% yep. interest rate because that then gives them a buffer mm-hmm. that if I do continue to gamble uh, yeah. or spend a lot <laughs> of money on counselling uh, yeah. or something that I'm still going to be able to meet my mortgage repayments That's it. yeah so it's basically just a I guess like a risk mitigator, man- mitigator management type part of it Yeah. Um, so the thing about this these LVR changes quickly for all your in- Investors, property lovers out there, um, investors, the change in LVR was a little bit different. Um, they're basically allowed to change, they're changing the actual LVR from 60 to 65%. And before investors, the banks were allowed to do 5% of their total investor lending over 60%. Now it's over 65%. So they've actually increased that LVR limit too. 
Really? Yeah. yeah. So, so they're letting more investors get into the game. Yeah. Yeah. And take on more debt and they can sell more of those loans. Yeah, keep the Ponzi humming. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Can't let this bad boy go down. It's an interesting one, right? Because if you think about how it works, it's the total loan book. Mm. So if more people go and buy with 20% deposits and, and increase the stock of mortgages in the housing market, then that actually increases the amount that they can do under 20% because it's it's 15% of the total book, right? Yeah. So if the book keeps growing, then that portion can keep growing too. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Yeah. So I think, I don't think, maybe it's not growing at the moment, it's pretty quiet, but yeah, I think in total loan land. Um, but yeah, it definitely seems, we've been pretty busy right throughout, but there was those months around like March, February, March, April, which were like the lowest in history type stuff. I haven't really seen any of those articles since then. Yeah. So it might have got might have picked up across the country, which is weird because interest rates have only gone one way. Up. Um, yeah. Some banks are in the seven percent range now for short term fixed rates. Well, I think so. I did see something that it was reported that total value of new loans written by banks fell to just over eight point eight billion dollars in April two thousand twenty three, sharply down from eleven point one billion in the month of April last year. And from thirteen point one billion in April two thousand and twenty one, the figures showed fifty three percent of home buyers were choosing to take out loans on a fixed term of either one or two years. That what you'd see with most yep. of your yep. clients, yep. While twenty one percent opting for a floating mortgage rate and the rest for other terms. Mm. One in five floating. Interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, that data is funny though because like I might split someone's loan up into four parts and fifty k of it might be floating. Gotcha. Yeah. And I then see. they have like a, a million dollars over the rest on fixed terms. The majority of total new banking lending, $4.9 billion, was for house purchases, but the value of new loans to owner-occupiers dropped 21.6%, with new lending to property investors falling at the slightly faster pace of 22.7% when compared to April last year. Well, it's probably no surprise when you're comparing it to April 2022, mm. when the bubble was still being deflated, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, same thing that they're seeing across business as well. Less people in business are borrowing. I'd imagine this is partly the market may not be there, but at the same time, the banks just may be not having the number of deals that they could be, especially when you're comparing it to April's going back into history when things were mm. easy to get mm. credit. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely changed. Eh? I think, I don't. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look. Um, but I think during like 2020, maybe the start of 21, like those test rates and those calculators were down at like 6%, maybe just under. So like yeah. real rates have overtaken that now. Yeah. And now, you know, effectively you need to be able to service a 50% higher interest rate um, than that rate back then. So yeah, it's, it's pretty decent. Pretty, pretty chunky move. And the fastest increase to it all in, in you know, modern history. It's yeah. pretty wild. I, I even... I, sometimes it blows my mind a little bit that I'm still busy. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, this has just been a wild, crazy economic policy, fucking just crazy shit. If you look through history, it's fucking nuts. Mm. And fucking Kiwis just keep charging all the property, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the LVR in summary... Not a major, not not a huge like, whoa, no. this is really going to change the, the game. The biggest thing that would change and it would have a really big effect would be if the banks come out and say, right, we're opening up properly to pre-approvals. And that would 
and the kind the, the funny thing about that is it doesn't really change what can transact and everything. It's all still the same, but what happens is you get a whole lot of people turning up asking what they can borrow when they've got that piece of paper. That's like a confidence booster. Like we're yeah. hitting open homes, baby. Yeah, and, uh, I think that would change it. Even though, like the technic, the, what's the word? Technicality is That's that a word? Technically, the same thing, mm. but the psychology, the for psychology of it, yeah, would be like and I reckon that would be the thing. But we haven't got that yet, so we'll see. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so the days aren't here at the moment. Of Luke's got a five percent deposit, and he can go get his great box of sticks. Yeah, yeah, Luke can't. Um, but <laughs> there are there. Are, I'm unthinkable. Yeah, yeah. You have got some TAB transactions, we. <laughs> so they, uh, there are five percent deposit home loans. Okay. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ones. There's um, a new one that seems to be gaining traction. The partnerships one with the government. Yeah. And the government will give you, I think it's twenty five percent. Of the total value of the purchase or 200K, whichever is less, um, and they'll take that portion of ownership of the house. Then you go to the bank with your, it might be 5% deposit, and then you get the loan for the rest. So that's doable, and we're doing quite a few of those now. The new brokers are just charging through them. Really? Yeah. So the government owned a percentage of that property effectively. They've got some skin in the game too. Yeah, yeah. And um, like if it goes up double in value, their, their percentage of that capital gain they get back, I believe. Yeah. So... You've got to buy them out at some stage. Yeah, You can buy them out at some stage. You just have to talk with KO about it and mm. sort it out. Scotty I, I, um, spoke about that in his pod, which is actually in the top 10 of the pods, but not the top five or even close to the top one. But um, <laughs> hopefully that doesn't trigger him too much. <laughs> hey, Scotty, how are you, mate? Hey, he's in Bali, mate. He's not oh, going to be triggered. He? He's living the life. What a guy. Yeah, probably not even tuning in. <laughs> um, Get back here and pay your fucking taxes, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> pay some more. <laughs> Um, and the other one is called a first home loan. Yeah, okay. And that one is where it is a genuine 5% d- deposit and you borrow 95%. Um, and we can do those through two or three banks in the country. And we do quite a lot of those too. Um, they're quite cool because you get special interest rates. So they're like a sort of a government guarantee on the extra 15% not ownership uh, with Kianga Ora and the bank sort of assess them as if you did have a 20% deposit, even though you're borrowing as if you only had a 5% deposit. And yep. so you get really nice interest rates on that, which is quite cool. So we do quite a lot of those too. But yeah, they have lots of income caps and restrictions and very hard, well, not hard, I mean, just very particular criteria that you have to meet to do it. Yeah. Um, so you just need a fucking weapon of a mortgage broker. Sounds like it. Yeah. You probably need to upskill yourself. Like if you really want to buy a property, for instance, you've got to understand whether you can. And which, how many, you know, different ways there are to skin the cat when it comes to, to buying a property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all in all, these LVR changes, don't think they mean much. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing about the property markets still is the interest rates. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they don't look to be changing anytime soon, so... I think you touch on, even though we are joking about it before, uh, the number of TAB transactions I, I may have. <laughs> but as well, like if people are listening and they are keen to buy a property at some stage, just mm. because you can't right now, but if, you, if that is your goal, you should still be acting like the person that can. Yeah, put yourself in your future shoes mm. so you can get used to it. Like when I do presentations to first home buyers, I'm like, I'm going to give you the secret. This is the secret. All you guys have to do. You go onto like any bank's calculator and you work out 
say you need a $700,000 loan and look at that repayment and let's just say it's $900 a week. All you have to practice doing now is your rent is $500 a week, so you better be saving $400 minimum. Nice. Make it $500 because you're going to have 100 bucks worth of rates and insurance. Yeah. Bare minimum. That's a very simple way to look at it. And if, you turn, if you turn up to me like that with a deposit, we'll get you approved. Whoa. Yeah. You have his word, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and if he doesn't, he'll buy the house for you. <laughs> I'm not into housing. Okay, mate. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Awesome, mate. I think that's uh, that's very, very practical. I think you've actually explained that before, but that's very simple. So basically, whatever your weekly repayment would be on the house that you so desperately desire to have, mm-hmm. work out, okay, then what is the current rent that you're paying? And then what is the difference? That is what you probably need to be saving, plus a little bit extra. That's your bare minimum for saving, yeah. And, and you're going to look real good to the bank yeah. when you get to that position. Yeah, because that's effectively, if you can do that over a long period of time, and save up your deposit. I mean, if you're going to save a deposit, you want to put in more work than that probably. But if you turn up like that, it's like, oh, I've been practicing paying this mortgage payment for ages. Yeah, It'll just give me my fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go and kick the people out that are in it at the moment and take down that for sale sign because it's mine. As always, mate, you make property, mortgages, and finances seem so simple, mate. So the mortgage messiah strikes again. <laughs> And if you haven't left a five-star review, gee, we've got a bone to pick with you. But I think you have been because there's now 1,200 of the Is bad there? boys on Spotify. I said 1,500, man. Okay. No, I said 5,000. You did. You did. Yeah, I, I said 5,000. <laughs> so if 300 of you can stop what you're doing right now and just leave a five-star review, that'll make Mikey happy <laughs> and myself happy. <laughs>